Hello and welcome to Bitchin', where two jaded gays talk about popular culture. I'm the wrong Oscar envelope, Trey Taylor. And I'm former twink, Ian David Monroe. <laughs> okay, so I just need to quickly, because I... Uh, watched the Oscars live, and then after the Oscars, I stayed up and watched the Vanity Fair Oscar party live stream. They streamed it f- uh, for the first time on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. And f- from their red carpet, they did like this really weird video with Tyler Oakley, where he interviewed celebrities and got them to like dramatically read memes. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> we have to listen to Jeff Goldblum doing the Cash Me Outside, How About That meme. Hey everyone, my name is Tyler Oakley, and today we are going to be doing some dramatic readings of memes. Cash me aside. How about that? <laughs> I thought that was 10 gold blooms out of a possible 10 gold blooms. That's the highest rating. Cash me aside. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh my god. You're laughing that at is, that? Yes. That's <laughs> so good. I just said, Cash me aside. I, I guess the content is made for you because I just don't get it. The last thing I want to see is like Jeff Goldblum reading the Cash Me Outside girl meme. <laughs> it's like people don't know what to do. It's like when people are like, we need to have content. They're like, let's have old people read millennial things. Anyway, um, so yeah, the Oscars... Uh, they let's, were great. Let's talk they about were great. The Oscars because yeah. Um, I'll be honest. In my typical fashion, I fell asleep because <laughs> for for many reasons. One, they were boring as shit, and two, they were running an hour behind. And oh, okay. I don't know how you run an hour behind on something that should be rehearsed. Like fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, sure, but an hour is you just you didn't plan that correctly. We didn't need those okay. weird little montages in the middle. Like you can cut that bullshit out. Just tell us who won. <laughs> that would be the most boring ceremony and like not to throw shade at the grammys but like those were way way too long like four hours too long so i don't know the oscars like had that like strong intro with like best supporting actor best supporting actress and then you got to the middle we were like what the fuck do these people do and then you didn't get the good stuff until the very end but that was at midnight and the best part of the oscars didn't happen until after 12 o'clock like I have a job. Like, I have to wake up early the next morning. I have to be responsible. <laughs> but the best part was obviously the ending when uh, they read the wrong Best Picture winner uh, and La La Land accepted the award until, like, a minute later. Everybody just kidding. in America, I think, knows that that happened. But I just... What are your I'm kind of hoping... Like, obviously, like, the next day I got this kind of PR blast saying that, at least in the UK, uh, Moonlight opened on 80 more screens, like, following its win. Oh, amazing. Which is great. But I kind of hope that people um, who go to see La La Land now, like, I don't know, they get, like, 10 minutes into it, then it, like, switches to Moonlight. moonlight. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. You know, my whole takeaway from that is, and it's like, seems to be a trend lately, it's, like, even when black artists win and are recognized, it's in the context of a white artist. It's always a white artist being like, actually, this award goes to Moonlight, or this award goes to Beyonce, or Kendrick Lamar should have gotten that award. It's like, 
How many times do white people have to do that? And what, I, what was also a huge bummer for me was that white woman who, I guess, produced Moonlight was the one to accept, like, the Oscar for it, which, I mean, sure, like, maybe she had a lot to do with it. And she also did the speech at the Golden Globes. But, like, why are you here, white lady? I know. I, uh, whatever. I mean, you can't win everything. But you I know, just that thought... lady was just, like, just reaching for some red vines when they popped out of the sky. Like, that was her whole role yeah. in the Oscars. Okay, but, like, also, you know that everyone's getting on Warren Beatty's case for doing, like, the wrong thing and opening the envelope or whatever, but he didn't even read the thing. Like, it was obviously Faye Dunaway's fault. She was the one who read, like, the wrong thing. I don't know who's to blame for it, but I just thought it was hilarious. Do you want to hear my conspiracy theory? What? What is it? Okay, so it was the 50th anniversary of Bonnie and Clyde, which is why... Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty were there to present the Best Picture Award. Right. And so Faye was asked, like, I don't know, a few weeks before if she would do it. And she obviously accepted and was so excited that she was talking to, like, so many press people. Uh, it was, like, all over that she was going to be presenting this final award. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Oscar, like, the Academy really wanted to keep this thing a secret. So they rescinded their offer. What? And uh, only when they couldn't find, like, a bigger person to do it, they give it back to her. So Faye sabotaged the Oscars. I'm convinced. You think so? I just, like... Because well, also another, another like, rumor that's circulating is that after this whole uh, snafu happened, Faye was unfazed backstage, just, like, munching on cashews, which is, like, the best... That's the best picture, ladies old, and gentlemen. That is the best picture. <laughs> It's unfortunate, but for the Oscars, it's really fortunate because next year I will absolutely be tuning in, hoping for the same kind of drama. And you know, this was Warren Beatty's best role in like 10 years. Warren Beatty's best role is being husband to Annette Bening. That's true. That's the only thing I care about. That's my only favorite fact about him. So you know what else was sus? What? Damien Chazelle, who's the director of La La Land, didn't go to the press room after after the awards were over and everyone who wins an Oscar goes to the press room and like answers a few questions, which is why Emma was like, I was the one holding the envelope, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't go to the press room after he claimed he was sick and he didn't show up at the Vanity Fair Oscars party, which is also another thing that like everybody does. You think he threw a bitch fit? Oh, for sure. Did you like see his face after they, he looks like an entitled little brat anyways. Well, that's one uh, one year over for the Oscars. Until next year, we'll be... I, um, I think that the only other thing we should rehash quickly is who was the best dressed. Was there anyone that was best dressed? My no. vote is like... Oh, who would I vote for? I think um, Jessica Biel. Oh, Jessica Biel did look amazing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, and considering the fact that she just had a baby, like, damn. You know who my favorite dressed was? Who? Janelle Monet. Oh, she was so good. And I loved how she like made room for herself and three other children underneath her gown. I know. She's like, get out of my fucking way. I'm <laughs> taking up space. Move, bitch. Move, bitch. Get out the way. Get out the way, bitch. Get out the way. I thought Ruth Nega was a missed opportunity to be best dressed. I thought Valentina was kind of boring. That like red thing. Oh, yeah. She looked a little bit choked in the throat area. Yeah, and then did you notice that Alicia Vikander somehow lost 40 more pounds? And, like, grew 50 shades darker? Yeah, like, where has she, what has she been doing? Like, Girl's been on vacation, for she, sure. She's been starving herself on a deserted island, is what it looks like. Starving for rolls. Uh, oh!
<laughs> the Danish girl. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that concludes our Oscars rehash. We don't want to kind of relive the entire ceremony. Although, did you also hear Gary from the Chicago is actually a convicted felon? Yes, I read that. Oh, that's so <laughs> anyway, crazy. that's another story. Um, but yeah, speaking of felons. Oh God, who are you talking about? Um, last week was the ten-year anniversary of Britney Spears whacking that man, that paparazzi's car with her umbrella. Britney Spears is not a felon. <laughs> Wasn't she arrested once? I can't remember. I'm sure. No, who would arrest America's sweetheart? Her parents. Uh, yeah, that's true. They fifty-one fifty her, and let's not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the the paparazzi who was the one to photograph her, like, whacking his car, uh, she actually took his umbrella as well, and he actually kept that umbrella. He did put it up on eBay once to, like, try and get rid of it, I guess, but uh, he ended up not selling it, and he's held on to it for so long that now the 10-year anniversary has passed, and he's uh, donating the proceeds to charity. He's selling the umbrella. Wow, that's really sweet. It is. It's, like, a really full-circle story. And uh, just so happens he has, like, a new movie to promote, which he made about, like, living the paparazzi life. Oh, God, I'm not going to see that. It's on iTunes, actually. I think it came out last year. Mm. Um, it looks interesting, but I don't have, like, two ninety nine to spare, so sorry. I definitely don't have two ninety nine to spare. <laughs> but that's fine, because you know what's free? Lauren Del Rey's new single, Best American Record. That's not her new single, it leaked. Well, what is it then? Just, like, a random leak? Well, I was told by um, a bird... Okay, name, come on. You need to just name your like sources. That the name of the new album is Best American Record. So this track that has leaked. But um, did you listen to it? I fucking loved it. It was way better than her first leak. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up. No, I'm I'm serious. Like, no, it's no, no, no. such an uplifting... No, 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 no. The beat is new. Like, you can tell she didn't record that thing last August or whatever. No, Love is by far Lana Del Rey's best track to date she will never beat that track that track is perfection but that's been simmering in your body for like weeks now that song is like her johnny cash track people are going to cover that song (laughs) forever that doesn't mean anything like halsey gets covered halsey does not get covered oh did you see what she did today for her fans what? She, like, assembled 100 fans. I'm not sure from where, but they, like, filled this kind of church in, I think, England, and she played their new, like, her new single for them. And it was so funny because, like, it looked like some kind of dirge. There was all these people crying tears, and, like, I don't know if it was from how bad the single was or, like, <laughs> <laughs> what was going on, but it was some really funny pictures because, like, there were all these freaking out fans, but, like, in front of all this, like, stained glass window. It shocks me that she has fans enough that will show up like that. I just love her BBC, like, clap back at the fans. Jumping back to Lana Del Rey, we should give everyone a quick listen. Since are we? I don't think that's legal. I don't think that's legal, Ian. A bird told me it's illegal. Is it illegal? (laughs) Yeah. Well, could you hum it for them? Like, 
Mr. Mick. <laughs> no, that's not a, even a part of the chorus. You know what I hate, though? It's like... Wait. Okay, you know I'm not on board with Lana Del Rey at all. Like, I, I'm not a fan of Lana Del Rey. Who so are you? Don't don't get at me, but... Um, she just can't pronounce things. Like, I know it's the lip fillers or something, but she just, like, one word blends right into the other. Whatever. Lana Del Rey's lip fillers are great. She looks amazing. She's smiling. She's happy. And I love her. I just think she could benefit from a few dictation courses. I fall asleep too, Lana Del Rey. <laughs> that, yeah, that's actually quite true. I agree with that statement. Okay, anyway, moving on. So Let's talk about new music from Lord. Yes. So apparently, a bird told me that Lord <laughs> has a new single out Friday called Green Light, and the bird was Record of the Year editor Lee Thompson, who tweeted, um... And basically, her album is going to follow in mid-June, which I'm kind of confused about, because she's playing on Saturday Night Live on March the 11th, which is next weekend. Yeah, that's uh, a long lead. With Scarlett Johansson, which is like the strangest pairing. But anyway, um, she's also playing at Coachella and the Governor's Ball, which is in early June, I believe. Yeah. So Coachella's in April. I'm not sure what she'd play at Coachella if she had an album in June because... Well, where are you reading that the album comes out mid-June from that guy? Yeah, Lee Thompson. Hmm. That seems... I don't know. That doesn't make sense. And she's not stupid. She has a good team. But uh, she's been really hardcore teasing this week. Like, she put up a website um, called... I'm waiting waiting for for com, Which sounds a little bit aggressive to me. And she's released like a few teaser commercials in New Zealand that say like at 2 p.m. on the yeah like 3rd of that. March or something. And all I could Check think was um, Adele has already done this. Like Yes, that's true. Why would you copy Adele? You know, it would be so good. You know how for that Hello video, Adele had like a flip phone? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like that Nokia 3310 that they've just like revamped, that brick phone. <laughs> That's going to be what she, what Lord. How did. iconic if Lord like came back with like this kind of Nokia collab and did like a Jay-Z release where she's like buy this old brick phone and you get my new album. Uh, uh no, don't think that's going to happen. Well, you heard it here first if it does. I'm waiting for it.com. Like, you know what we're waiting for? I'm the second coming, bitch. Oh, when I hear I'm waiting for it, it's like me looking at my watch like wondering where my boyfriend is so I can get laid. <laughs> oh god we'll save that one for sure that's a story that we'll um like you're yeah. running late no need to hear but i do think it is like i do think it is fascinating that um lana del rey and lord are gonna have albums out at the same time because i have a feeling that their message whether intentional or not is going to be really uh similar and then i think there's going to be Katy perry on the far left just making wacko shit that no one cares about so who's Change to the Rhythm, right? <laughs> I have name, man. <laughs> I finally watched that Change to the Rhythm video, and I was like, "What? what is going on here? I really want to talk about some new music, though. Like, I uh, just watched the video for Gussie's song, Mornings. So Gussie is uh, an Australian singer and who defines as a they, so he uses they pronouns. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the song is so 
great. Like, the video is amazing. You have to watch the video. Like, we'll play some of the song for you. But the video was self-directed. It's, like, filmed in a car park where um, they are, like, in the rain, kind of end of Blade Runner style, in some kind of, like, form-fitting dress made of velvet or something, and a bathrobe. Gussie looks like your type. Gussie is so my type. Like... Yeah, I was watching very, very closely to see when the nipple popped out of, like, the little dress. Mm. <laughs> they said the song and video are about fighting all, fighting of all kinds and trying hard to think of new ways to make up. The feeling of waking up in the morning after a fight. Oh my god, Gussie is a dancer. Gussie is so good. Let's listen to Mornings by Gussie. In the morning, I get up, I check sleep, and open that you won't be peeping. In the morning... After fighting, I get up and I'm so sad. All the days that you show me what it feels to be true. What if it's goosey? Goosey. Like, <laughs> what if it rhymes with pussy? Goosey? Gussy. <laughs> my neck, my back, my gussy, my gussy and, and my, my crack. They seem fun. I didn't like the song at first when I listened to it, but I didn't feel compelled to turn it off. And I think that's how I know I really like it. Yeah, I was kind of the same. Like, I didn't really warm up to it uh, initially, but then I was on my walk today and it was like bumping through my headphones and the chorus was just like all consuming. I like the idea of them kind of being like, like another Arca. They kind of have the same vibe. And Arca also released um, new music. Uh, a new song and and he announced Anoki. his album yeah so and it's gorgeous is it though the video is stunning and incredible and again i love all these kind of queer icons who are like coming out of the woodwork here like arca's obviously been doing this for quite some time now and he's worked with bjork and he's worked with kanye, kanye um twigs he made twigs let's be clear FK Twigs is a thing because of our. That's true. And uh, he creates such like powerful visuals. And the music I did love before. Now I'm really kind of falling out of favor with his music. I'm not sure what it is, but it's, you have to admit, it's not an easy listen. It's um, not a, it's not a passive it, listen. Like you have to listen to it actively. Yeah, it's no sense? chain smokers. That's for sure. It's definitely no chain smokers, but I was reading this article on Pitchfork. The name of the article on Pitchfork by Rachel Hahn is Arca's Anoki is so beautiful it hurts. And I kind of agree. But it points something out that I did not know, and that's that Arca is singing in Spanish and that the chorus is the same chorus of um, a Bjork song. Like in English it's I miss you but I haven't met you yet. And that's what Bjork sings? Bjork sings out in English and then Arca in his song sings it in Spanish. Uh, let's just play a quick snippet of Arca's Anoki. Is that what it's called? Anoki? Gnocchi? Anoki. Ni- not gnocchi, like the pasta? No, it's Anoki, which means um, last night. Oh. Are you sure it's not noche, like Spanish? Is it Anoki? <laughs> <laughs> They've even saying it's not Anoki. I. It's definitely, maybe you're definitely right. Yeah, gnocchi's, like gnocchi's definitely like Italian, but a noche. But it looks, it looks Italian when I'm looking at it. Well, we're all, 
<laughs> struggling with our languages today. But let's listen to Enoche, which is the real name of the song, and see just what you think. A really quick snippet. that the video is beautiful it is he kind of like he kind of like rides all these like naked guys which is quite in heels i just love the way that he gender bent well i actually saw him in concert like a very kind of early concert and it was so because arca had done all this kind of internet music that people were he grew like this kind of organic fan base around him of like kind of hardcore um boiler room bros and then when everybody Mm -hmm. turned up to the concert he obviously came out in like, I think, a uh, cropped corset like under his chest and these like thigh high six inch boots and people were like stunned. You could just feel like the straight bros questioning their sexuality. Um, that actually reminds me of when I saw um, Cedar Ross in concert. There was all frat bros and Perfume Genius opened. And he was singing all of his, like, queer songs. And all these bros were just, like, drinking beers and not listening. Oh, that's so weird. And at one point, he stopped and, like, looked into the audience and was like, if you keep looking at me like that, I'm just going to sing gayer. Oh, my God. I love him. And I think I was the only gay in the audience. And I was like, (laughs) yes, bitch. (laughs) Do it. Slay. Slay. (laughs) And no one, like, no one cared. It was so crazy but that's when i fell in love with perfume genius well for those who don't know perfume genius is currently on the cover of the fader um he's a singer from he lives in tacoma washington which is i think is so cool it's like kind of a suburb of seattle which is interesting because like not very many people who are in the industry work in strange places like that even country singers live in nashville you know I didn't know he lived in Tacoma. Yeah, he does with his boyfriend. And it sounds like by the, you know, sounds of this interview, at least that they have the most loving relationship and they're like so supportive and they just like watch reality TV all day, like Survivor and stuff and the Great British Bake Off on the couch. That's amazing. I want to live that life. But um, I want to be famous like Perfume Genius and live in Tacoma. I know. He seems so cool, too. Like uh, his name is Mike Hadreas. His music is kind of like slow burn jams, which are quite interesting. Um, But he had like quite the interesting upbringing as well, I think. He was addicted to like basically every drug. He moved to New York uh, and was like a bartender and just kind of lived that party lifestyle where you're like, oh, I'm an artist, but like, what, what's your art? Oh, well, you know, I'm still working on my personal projects or whatever. And like, meanwhile, they're just partying nonstop. He said he did everything but heroin, basically. And eventually he, like, called his mom and was like, I have gone in way too deep here and I need some help. So that he went to um, rehab and now has come out, like, the other end, obviously, like, a better person. But he still kind of struggles, I think, with all that dark. So he, he lives in Tacoma so that he's not surrounded by it. I mean, possibly. 
Um, I mean, but did you listen to his first album? Like, it is a, it is a very, very dark album. It is. The lyrics are very powerful, and, like, I can't speak to what they're actually talking about because I haven't had, like, that much of a listen. I'm kind of a rec- recent perfume genius, like, um, convert. Oh, really? Yeah. But I've been I really on like. Train for a while. Yeah, I really like um, the song "Hood." Hood is really good. Yeah, let's um, just like quickly listen to that you one. Would never call me baby if you My favorite song by him is All Waters. Oh, okay. I have listened to that one. It's it's devastating. Like it's not an easy listen. The strange thing though was this cover this cover story came out, but he doesn't have an album out until like I think May? April or May. Well, you know why they did that? Why? It's because they wanted to put like quote unquote actual queer artists on their cover for their sex issue. They were trying to make a statement. Oh, that's fair. Commendable. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so we need to talk about what's going on in fashion because there's a lot going on in fashion, and let's talk about fashion. It's having a crisis, like a it's midlife crisis right now. The entire fashion industry is freaking out. Starting with this little news item. Okay, so over the weekend, I guess there were um, a few of the models that walked in the Balenciaga show. Like there was a casting for Balenciaga, and the casting director forced models into like this stairway the stairwell or something and then like locked the door on them or something and then he made over 150 girls wait in the stairwell told them they would have to stay over three hours to be seen and not to leave so they're like locked in the stairwell and meanwhile these people go to lunch shut the door turn off the lights and these girls are like (laughs) in the stairwell with only the lights of their phones to see yeah i saw that this morning it's um so a little bit of the backstory um james p scully who is another casting director um he posted this instagram with this a super long caption basically calling out the casting directors of balenciaga who also do hermes and ellie saab their names are madia and Raimi. i don't recognize yeah don't names. hire those people please yeah and then he further goes on to call out lamba uh, for saying that they didn't want any people of color to be sent to their castings, which in 2017 is abhorrent. Like, I can't even imagine someone writing that email and saying it. I can. Like, really? Uh, maybe I'm naive. I must be naive. Fashion is so racist, especially in Paris. And, uh, I mean, Lanvin, there's a spokeswoman who said that the allegations are completely false and baseless, but, like, not so sure about that. So that happened. Um... A really good thing, actually, that happened is Luella Bartley joined Calvin Klein Jeans. So she's the head of Calvin Klein Jeans now, working with Ralph Simmons. I saw that piece of news, but I think that's only... I don't understand what that means. I, is she big in England? This is, like, I'm not okay, this is very that. insidery right now. But um, So she has a label already called Hillier Bartley with... Um, oh, 
Duh. Yeah, with Katie Hillier. And they also were they were also the creative directors of Mark by Mark Jacobs when that was a thing before it closed down. Okay. And they did that amazing collection, I think, in like 2013 or so, uh, with all like the kind of motocross wear. But they're like really good and especially her, she's very good. So I think that's kind of exciting because Calvin Klein is hiring like the right people at the right time. And I think they're become, like going to become the biggest American fashion brand like more so than they are already. Going back to like the whole idea that fashion's in a crisis though. So fashion isn't a crisis. Like who gives a fuck about fashion? A lot, I don't. A lot I of, work in fashion. Okay. I don't let give me get my, let me get to my point though. You can't just bash it before I start bashing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming with the receipts and then you can like shit. Okay. So Gucci and a lot of other brands have consolidated their men's and women's wear collections into one collection. Okay. So what used to be a 40 look collection where you'd sit for like 15 minutes and watch the runway show are now like 150 look collections where people in the audience like falling asleep because there are so many clothes. Okay. Yeah. There's no editing going on to these collections and they're just ugly. Like Dolce & Gabbana was so, so bad. But I don't know why you were looking at Dolce & Gabbana and expecting something nice. They've really gone like... You know what I mean? Like If they were already downhill, they've gone like underground now. They've like dig- they dug their own grave. Yeah, like they're trying to tap into the millennial crowd and it's like, that's great if you have something to sell, but you don't. No one's buying. Like your Justin Bieber t-shirt is maybe two years too late. It was just so horrible and to add to, like to add to that versace was really bad they had like uh the song apparently that literally they like i don't know dimmed the lights started the song that said like equality 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 it like repeated oh over and over God. as if the message like wasn't clear enough and then people came out in these giant scarves that had words on them like love courage loyalty and they were like written across beanies and stuff. Oh my goodness. This was just like, you have to go see this. It's so bad because not only are like the clothes busy and just dis- like distracting, but they gave every model like this kind of Bella Thorne hairdo where it's like green, like neon green ombre. Oh, I saw that with like the clip-ins. It was just so, so bad. And like, I think that fashion is just trying to like stay relevant in an age where it's not. That's true. Like all of these, all these um, collections that are kind of going political to, you know, latch onto this year's theme, are just not working. Like it's just, it's just unfortunate because. Well, I was gonna say, did you see that Dior had to, um, kind of pivot on their "We Should All Be Feminist" T-shirts that they were selling for seven hundred and ten dollars? Oh, did they? Well, now they're donating, uh, like, a undisclosed portion of proceeds to Rihanna's charity. <laughs> oh wow so the brand that rihanna is an ambassador for and gets paid by is going to yes. get money back from that brand yeah. for her, like charity that's yeah, I think- that makes sense the sad part is all of this bad fashion is leaking into obviously our everyday lives and you know speaking of everyday the new everyday video with ariana grande featuring i guess future or is it future song i'm not even sure it's future anyway um so she's wearing this kind of giant puffa jacket, which has obviously... It's Balenciaga. Yeah, which is Balenciaga. And they've kind of done like that whole off-the-shoulder thing where it's like zipped up to your boobs and then just like falls off your shoulder. It looks bad. And it's in our music videos now. I know. She wears it on stage, too. I had the um, 
pleasure, I guess you could call it, of seeing her live last week. And I have to tell you that the show was whack. I really like her music, but this show was like, where's all this money being spent? Like, all this money you're earning, is this just going to pad your pockets? (laughs) It's going to fund Frankie Grande's lifestyle. I know, like his excess. But it literally, just the, the actual live show only had a white backdrop and like five little stands that came up and out of the ground. It was like, whatever happened to like putting on a real fucking show? <laughs> Whoa, that is some hot takes from Ian David Monroe. Guess you guys who's just... gonna be on Coachella instead of Beyonce? You get two guesses. <laughs> It's not Katy Perry. No, and it's not Halsey. She hasn't had her big break yet. Oh, God. It's Lady Gaga. Listen, I like Lady Gaga. I just don't see the point of her playing Coachella. I would rather see Shawn Mendes, Camila Cabello, whoever else is in Fifth Harmony. I don't care. Literally anybody would be better than Rihanna. Come on, what's she doing? I know. Rihanna should totally do it. Or maybe Shawn Mendes and Charlie Puth can get on stage and do a rendition of I <laughs> Got Me, Babe. they have together. Do they have a song together? They're going on tour together. I know, the two closet gays are going on tour together. It's amazing. Is the tour called I'm Coming Out? <laughs> no. I'm coming out. No, it's called Sloppy Bottoms on tour. I want the world to know. Beauty and the Beast is making the rounds in the press. Emma Watson is currently on the cover of Attitude magazine. With um, Dan Stevens. So that's all she could get as a cover? No, she also is on the cover of this month's Vanity Fair. Oh, okay. With the title, The Bewitching Emma Watson. Not your mother's Disney princess. What does that mean, do you think? I think that maybe we're going to see some of Emma Watson's titties. (laughs) There's going to be some bestiality in this movie for sure. Yeah, I think we're going to get some tits. That would be, I mean, I mean, yeah, that would be amazing. I would go pay for that. I don't know what else that could mean. Like, who, like, I, I don't get it. I'm not going to see it. I'll never see it. I'll probably see it at Christmas. Well, I've already got my pre-order ticket, so. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I don't. But I am probably going to go. I think I really want to go out on this song called Don't Kill My Vibe by Sigrid. Oh, yeah, you're obsessed with it. Oh, I'm supposed to see her next week, aren't I? I don't know. Are you? Yeah, the seventh. Sorry. So she is a Norwegian singer. She makes like really bold kind of pop music. And um, are you yawning? Wow, yep. it's really time. To, <laughs> it's really time to end this one. And she is just signed to a major label, and her music is so good. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to give us five gold Jeff Goldblums on the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Um, follow us on social media. I'm at Trey Taylor without the A on Twitter. And I'm at Ian David Monroe. See you next Tuesday. If Ian doesn't fall asleep. Bye. Bye. Try to hold it down. I know the answer. I can shake it off and you feel threatened by me. I try to play it nice, but oh.
No one will play a tambourine like that ever again. <laughs>